and welcome to Anime Archives with your host, Ernest and John. Yo! And we're back, and better than ever, and this topic today is the Big O. The Big it's O. It's show time. Big O! <laughs> Did you ever watch Big O back in the day? Uh, I saw clippets of it. I remember when it first came out, I was going to check it out. Completely dismissed it. I was like, oh, okay. I, I just didn't. It just didn't vibe well with me. Uh, my youthfulness of wanting things that are either very youth-based or more focused about fighty-fighty, beady-beady. Beady-beady, that's weird word. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but <laughs> I do know guard, that guard. you did what most people did, which was moved past the standard precious gem. I, on the other hand, was, had a more cultivated and refined taste and thoroughly enjoyed Big O as a kid. So it made me really worried going back to it as an adult because then I feel like I would see a lot more flaws with the series yeah. itself. Which I have seen some flaws, but there is also highlighted quite a lot more uh, things that I wish uh, hit me kind of as much as what Big O did hit me with. So Big O was originally, uh, the story was written by Hitoshi Ariga, and it's published by Kodonsha Studio. The same uh, in our Kodonsha, and the studio was uh, Studio Sunrise. They're also known for like Cowboy Bebop and Code Geass. Oh, sweet, yeah. They did Witch Hunter Robin, Inuyasha, Outlaw Star, Cell World. So I feel like they really shine, had that moment where they shined quite a lot back in the day. The music by this series uh, for Big O is Toshihiko Sahashi. And they did uh, he did the same music for Full Metal Panic as well as Hunter uh, Hunter. Hunter. So uh, what he excels in in terms of music-wise is more just like jazz and a little bit of that mm-hmm. cyberpunk kind of style, uh, creepy kind of techno-y beats. Yeah, the and music was great. The music, it again... They just they do a really really good job. Now Big O is an older show. Its original run was October nineteen ninety nine to January two thousand. We we seen it back in the day on Toonami as well as Adult Swim. It was on uh, both of them. And what it is is its plot is set in Paradigm City. It's known as the City of Amnesia. Forty years, uh, pretty much forty years before that, uh, the whole story takes place. Everyone in that city lost their memories due to the event that they kind of foreshadow as like the end of the world. Mm. It's very similar, I guess, to put in modern terms to uh, what you think like Gotham City would be yeah. in terms of there's a heavy class inequality as well as cr- uh, rampant crime throughout the streets. Residents of the city think they're the last survivors of the actual world itself. So the story centers around the main character, which is Robert the Neg- or Roger the Negotiator, who ends up accepting jobs from the residents of this city while unraveling kind of the nature of the robots throughout it called the Megaduces. Now, just kind of starting out in terms of the anime itself, uh, you'll notice they use a lot of dark colors, uh, very claustrophobic spaces whenever they're kind of indoor. And they use a lot of just dark tones in terms of, for instance, like it goes against the standard object or uh, standard cliche of anime eyes, for instance. Most animes have, you know, a lot of details in terms of their eyes. Uh, I was told that a lot of artists spend a majority of the time drawing the eye itself uh, has a, most of the time uh, dedicated to it when a, when someone draws, uh, draws like a character. Mm. Where Big O has, it's just black eyes. Like 
You could Aww. tell they didn't really focus too much on that compared to the standard anime. Also, Big O, you can tell it is drawn a little bit different to where it appeals more and has appealed more to the Western audience and did a lot better here in America than it did over in uh, Japan and Asia itself. Mm. Now, when I think of, you know, Big O, you see the first couple episodes go through and they really start introdu- they introduce you to Robert, the negotiator. He's starting to uh, take care uh, of his first kind of job that they show you where he is trying to get a hostage back. Yes. And the hostage he ends up getting back is a android named Dorothy that works so well. He didn't even realize it was an android at first. So they start pretty much introducing that this is a normal thing during this, you know, end of the world kind of time period where there's a city that's like a dome. And then outside the city, basic residents that just kind of represent class itself. Now, in terms of Roger the Negotiator, and not just the anime itself, I feel like what makes an anime really good is the characters that get brought to life. Because based off the performance of not just, you know, it takes a lot of different moving parts for an anime to really stand out to me in particular. One of the things is the soundtrack itself, which I already talked about, which is by Toshihiko Sahashi. And the soundtrack to Big O is something I still listen to today. When I was watching multiple different episodes, there was so many different episodes where they had different variations of the same song, but instead of it being a piano, now it's a saxophone. Mm -hmm. And it really highlighted a lot of the different moods that kind of went hand in hand where it didn't overpower the scene itself. That plus the chance of having Steve Bloom play the main character for Roger the Negotiator, because I didn't watch this with the anime uh, uh, dub or the Japanese dub. Yeah. I watched this kind of traditionally how we watched this growing up, which was the English dub and where we were graced by the voice of Steve Bloom, um, which gave us Cowboy Bebop. Apparently he played uh, Tom in Toonami. He, oh, yeah. He's yeah, I Tom never knew that. Steve yeah, Bloom was the voice of Tom growing up. It makes sense, sense now. cool Tom was. Never knew it, but that just shows. I always knew Tom was cool in Toonami. Now I knew he was beyond cool. But he played uh, Orochimaru in Naruto, mm. Onizuka. Orochimaru. Yeah, and we never watched the English dub, so yeah. we never would have believe known it, that. Believe it, believe it. I was yeah. like, I can't do it. <laughs> but he played some top voice actors before, and he's still prevalent in terms of still has a major role in voice acting today. The Japanese voice actor was Mitsu Mitsuru uh, Miyamoto, and he. The only he played a lot of minor roles from what I've seen. The only role that I've seen that he played was Hub in Wolf's Reign, and Hub was the major like old cop that kept following the wolves. If you yeah. remember that, that died. Yeah. So it was like that voice actor. But in terms of his other roles, I didn't see too many other things. Now, uh, the second character that I'd say is probably the other like supporting lead would be Dorothy, and that was played by Leah Sargent. She was uh, her voice actor or her um, other roles was Millie Thompson from Trigun mm. and Eri Ochinia from Perfect Blue. So she played like the main character from Perfect Blue oh, wow, that we okay. plan on watching. Yeah. And she was a voice actor of Tri- Millie Thompson, which was a great it's character in Trigun. English voice actors? Yeah, okay. English voice right. actors. So uh, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. Where the Japanese voice actor ended up playing uh, Kohaku from Inuyasha. So she played that voice, but 
I forgot to write down her name, so I so disrespected her, <laughs> and I do apologize. But here we are, just going kind of from there. Yeah. So the opener for Big O was <clears throat> a ridiculous song, kind of starting out. And when I think of this anime that has one of the best scores that I've ever heard, like in an anime, yeah. it's top class. I cannot believe that the intro to such a beautiful anime, because it's such a turnoff. I remember as a kid hating it. As an adult, I, thought, I think it's ridiculous. For some reason, when I got when we started watching, I thought Big O was supposed to have a cool op. op. No, it was, I was like Big oh, O, no. Big O, O. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, this ain't cool. I was so, like, Why did I think it was gonna be a hype op. But, yeah. Okay. So the opener is called Big O, and you'll <laughs> see why by Rui uh, Nagai. <laughs> and these damn ads come up on YouTube and they don't even give you like the five second you skip it. They say 13 seconds straight. You got to watch it. And I had it on, but I did not prep good enough. And here we go. And that was the big <laughs> O opener. <clears throat> I'm going to be honest. I hated that opening from a kid, and I hate that opening even now. Again, I think for this setting of big O, because it came out in the 90s, uh, it reminded me of just because for some reason they like, hey, we're making this for the Western audience now. We're not going to use the Japanese opening. We're going to use our own. What's the name of this show? Big O? Okay, let's hire an artist. Guy sat down with a pen, pen and paper. He's like, all right. Theme song for the anime Big O. Okay. Let me cool, cool beat. Is androids, robots, futuristic? All right. I'm going to put some, some blares, some sirens kind of thing. Okay. Let me write some licks down. Big O. Big O, 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 O. Big O. All right. Let's get let's get the choir. Let's get the chorus. Let's do it. Big O. Damn, damn. <laughs> it sounds like something where yeah. the music producer or whoever produced that song came in they probably t- like they had three months to do it and they didn't do anything until the last week and was like okay we have one week to do this and put it all together at the last minute that's how that song felt to me i think it's one of those i wonder if it's a song that just was made to work with the animation of the opening kind of just like hey, let's do a quick one because i feel like it at least blends well with the opening uh, visuals if you look at it but mm. yeah it definitely doesn't like Get you hype for something? It's just like, oh, it's big old classic little thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So going into the ending theme song, you think it's much better, <laughs> and here we are. Oh. So the song is called "And Forever." It's by Robbie Donzi and Naoki Takao. Sometimes I feel. 
When I hear that song, well, I'm going to be honest, I never hear that song. I skip it every time. And so that song right there is called And Forever. That song reminds me of a Disney movie, like something you would see Aladdin and Jasmine riding on a magic carpet or a carpet ride to. Does it, will it ever pop up on a playlist to me? No, never once. I'll never do it. But it could be worse. What was your thoughts on it? It remind me of an R&B song that was inserted into a uh, anime. I think, again, I think where the music really comes and flows well with this show is, like you said, the score. Because I definitely, this is one where I can hear the score perfectly. And it, it really uh, pictures a scene. So the opening, and I can give its opening ending at props because it was during the time where I would skip the opening. Mm-hmm. If it popped on, I would go to the bathroom because there was no thing. Or the opening comes on, I was like, oh, I'm going to grab some snacks or something real quick. Exactly. Whatever. It was like, it, it was gave you a good buffer. Tradition. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, this show's coming on. Let me just do that real quick before the show started. Now, going through pretty much all of that, the things that stick out really to me so far that make me more of a fan of this anime is I love the art style with it. I love how it's drawn so far. I like kind of how bleak and black everything looks because they use dark color colors a lot in every single scene. I mean, I've said it already before and I can't, I don't know if I would like the anime nearly as much if they didn't have steam bloom, because I feel like he fit the role perfect in terms of the laid back guy that has some kind of form of like cool authority to him. And when he plays like Robert, the negotiator, he has, I mean, his performance to me is really nice. What they do is they highlight a really interesting background with his voice and they put pretty much like a soft beat behind it from a wonderful composer. And to me, it makes the scene as a whole really like stand out to me. And I like what they do in terms of each episode is like an individual case he takes from a resident of the city, all highlighting different things. But to start, it does look like Robert, the negotiator, needs to like learn how to not get his ass beat because he straight up gets <laughs> beat up by an old man. He gets tased. He is not he exactly gets, a fighter. He gets knocked out quite get, a lot. Gets the drop put on. Like yeah, he doesn't watch his six yeah, at no. all whatsoever. But he's also, and that's it's what's so crazy though, because it's like you you don't really have a background of the of anything. You're kind of set in this world and this is it. You don't know what happened in terms of the end of the world. You don't know how Robert got his wealth and got a butler, for instance. It's just like, this is how it is. Go forward. There's no questions, no answers in terms of anything that happened in the past. And so it's one of those things where if you're looking military before he lost his, Hmm? all we know is like he was a, a lieutenant in the military and then. And, and he, he ended up bouncing because he didn't like something. Yeah. And so overall, I mean, when you think of Big O in terms of how the first, say, as an example, the first five episodes play out, what would what really stood out to you? Uh, at first, I really just thought it was a Japanese mecha version of Batman. Uh, but instead of Batman fighting 
himself, he has a big robot that fights, and he he hides his identity well by letting himself as Roger get beat up, you know, or like Bruce Wayne would be, I gotta be a bachelor and stuff, so I can't show that I'm actually a, uh, a badass hand-to-hand combat ex- specialist who just let people get beat up. Um, I thought it was interesting enough with its premise of uh, the amnesia affecting the world and how corrupt everything is with androids and like negotiations like this is a very dark bleak world where they're trying to kind of piece things together but it's almost like you're rebuilding on the ashes of a fallen world but no they hint uh where how roger's able to hide his big mech is because it's an underground tunnels where people are afraid to go down there because that's where the city used to be before they lost everything so they're almost like they rebuilt on the ashes of the old former life and uh, as it got the, as the episodes got further on the first five, at least uh, there was this part where Rogers is going down to those lower city because he has to explore something, and fear gets to him. He's like my logic and fear kind of thing. He's like, I should be logical. I shouldn't be afraid. And the traumatize of this thing in, internally inside him stops him from wanting to go down where he falls, kind of thing. So it's interesting premise of everything building up and the mystery of what happened, along with these small cases. It's one of the things. It's an anime where there's a big overall case, and then there's these small cases that give you piece by piece of what may or may not be happening. So I thought it was cool. I think what was really interesting to me is, like, Roger's dynamic with Dorothy really stands out because he kind of unwillingly comes across her, and she stays kind of part of his life for the rest of the series. I mean, she's an android that is incredibly difficult for anybody to move, but he's able to pick her up and jump Oh. Like and land without, like her physics make no yeah. sense they to me. They saw her dragging her the first episode. Like they were dragging, like how much she weighed. Yeah. Even that other major guy in the military was like, "Wow, she's heavy as hell." And then he picks her up, jumps on. like a two stories, and lands perfectly. It does. It doesn't make sense to me. Her <laughs> physics doesn't make sense, but also it doesn't make sense to Roger because what, how she reacts is different than the standard android. Yeah. Where she says, you know, I didn't play it because I didn't feel like it. And he, he, what I like is Roger is even kind of a, he's really thinking where he's like, it's really crazy how she, she says that. Like, do they feel then? Like, and he really kind of, you could tell it does kind of pique his curiosity as well mm-hmm. because she displays more emotions or more different types of reactions than what a standard Android do, like does. And he comments on it all the time where she'll play a piano piece too perfectly he's like it has no soul and she's like you don't need to tell me that that's rude and it's like no robot would kind of have their feelings hurt from that yeah so there's like a form of depth and mystery in terms of just how far that goes and then you have how everybody loses their memories but the occasional person randomly randomly has a fragment of that memory still in them where they're like hey it's my parents memories are somehow i got that now i know how to build a submarine Mm. or how a lot of people aren't interested in finding their memories or finding memories of the past of, you know, their parents and stuff like this. They don't care. And only a select amount of people genuinely do want to know and do want to uncover that. And how, like, like you said, and like you touched on, there's that city that's kind of completely underneath that Roger was overridden. He was so scared. He passed out for a moment. And again, this is somebody that's been fought. You know, he's been, beat up multiple times he's had a gun pulled on him and the the fear of the dark is what scared him to the point to where he was like hey i 
I'm losing kind of all sense of like logic right now. So I think I like how there's a lot of different mysteries kind of tied in well. And I really like the direction of how there was that kind of overall arching mystery that over like the city that they slowly piece together through, you know, the 24 episodes that they have. So when you think of Big O overall, is this an, I mean, does it stand the test of time? Um, for me personally, uh, I think I just didn't like immediately get into Big O. And I think I mainly blame because I, I really didn't uh, do it justice by sitting down and really giving it, it my full undivided attention. Um, I gave like the first three episodes that, but I just didn't like really connect. I liked I love Sea Bloom's great, but the mystery, everything else, it just didn't really vibe to me. I really thought it was just Batman and the Mecha robots kind of threw me out. Sometimes uh, I just wish there was an episode where a Mech didn't have to show up. That it wasn't a big battle. Almost, it almost kind of reminded me of how Power Rangers would do it, where they would fight. Uh, like there's a be overall episode mm-hmm. of them doing something, then at the very end they got to fight a big monster. Mech comes out. Um, I was definitely very interested in its premise of the amnesia and everything going else, but the small cases and other things, I just didn't really care about. Um, I still think it's classic and may, and maybe it just didn't vibe well with me, but you could might like it, the mystery and how it holds up. But I do know that the reason why it, uh, even got a second ser- series is because of this Western audience and how much they loved it. So it's definitely a, a thinker and a big mystery, I will say. But I just didn't, you know, fully fall in love with it at the same level as Akagi. And maybe that's what really hurt me because I watched Akagi and this together. And Akagi grabbed me immediately while this one feels like a, a slow burn where it's too much. It's too slow for me to mm-hmm. really get my, my time to it where I felt those whole 30 minutes of the anime. And see, for me, it's a little differently just because I do have the nostalgia. This appealed to me as a kid, and it appeals to me even now. There is, I think, as a whole, to me, this appealed more than Akagi for the simple fact that there was multiple different elements that appealed to me personally in terms of I liked the voice actor. I liked being, I liked the mystery in terms of that's involved. I absolutely adored the score and the music. So knowing that, for instance, he would go on his monologue and then you would have a beautiful soundtrack go through that, it made it closer to an art piece as a whole to me personally. I love the dark colors and dark aesthetics and the lines going through it. I mean, to me, the worst part of the series is the fact that it's the robot fights. And that's because when Ernest and I were growing up, our style of robot fights that appealed to us was mostly Gundam. And Gundam had a lot more mobility. It was a lot less heavier, was way more interesting. That Power Ranger analogy is frustratingly perfect for this because when you watch the Megazord, was that what it's called? When you watch the Megazord walk around, it was very clunky, very heavy, for instance. Had that Pacific Rim vibe where every you felt the weight and you felt the power behind every basic movement, which you do in Big O. I mean, you feel the weight and the power with every single move that it does and it's not supposed to be this dynamic amazing action scene it's pretty much like just these two big hulking things of metal just kind of punching punching each other rock'em sock'em robots with the occasional like laser beam when it comes to that so it's one of those things where i mean it ha i feel like it has its cult following 
if you're a fan of Cowboy Bebop, you're a fan of, for instance, Witch Hunter Robin and that time period of anime where they really mix good American voice acting with the anime or with music itself. I feel like if you like that and that appeals to you, this might be a perfect one for you. But if you're looking for a lot of heavy action, for instance, it might be the standard miss. For me in particular, it stood out just because I like the individual tales from the, the standard citizens. I liked pretty much him going through each case where he talks to one case about this robot that specifically plays off key where it's not perfect. And because it's not perfect to the specific amount, there is more emotion so people can feel that piece opposed mm -hmm. to something so perfect. And it resonates with Dorothy, for instance, in Android and makes her start understanding and feeling emotion a little bit differently. The issues that it talks about in terms of cyborgs understanding different emotions always appeals to me because I feel like it will get to a point to where AI can get so advanced to where it can feel like it does feel like a, a, a real emotion at that time period. And for us, we'll never understand it because we're not robots itself. So when we think of something and we're like, hey, we program you, you should be 100% logical. Why aren't you playing this song? And they can look at you dead in the eyes and say, I just didn't feel like it. Knowing how crazy that that really is on a level where it's like, what do you mean? Does that yeah. mean you have feelings? Does it mean you don't? Do you then have a soul? Yeah. And you a go down kind of that ghost in the shell complex, that thing. ghost in the shell ideology, uh, ideology that makes it so interesting to me in particular. So you have that with an environment that almost feels like end of the world. There's a lot of crime. There's obviously this guy living in a mansion, but every other time he goes out to the city, he's in the ghetto in a way yeah. where he has to lock his car and fully lock it. To the point where like, he went into an establishment, and as soon as he walked through the door, people try to almost jack his car and break it in, but yeah. he has it fully locked. So. And, There's and, some good themes in this show. Exactly. So it's like they go through kind of a lot of different things or just like a family that dealt with corruption. I mean, and I thought that was a really interesting thing where it's like this good guy happened to go into the police. He's seen a bunch of bad things and they tried to off him. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the whole overall arching part of that episode was a mother that just wants to see her kid one more time. And it was a very beautiful moment because, you know, the kid was going to go to jail for what he did even what happened to him. It still showed this, like, very important aspect of humanity and empathy kind of regardless of the situation. And I think it's really important now just because, again, I feel like nowadays people do lack a form of empathy. So there's a lot of symbology that I've noticed in here that really does hit me. And I'm the type of person where music is one of the, to me, the most important aspect of anything, whether it's a video game, it's a movie, it's an anime in particular. If it doesn't have a good score or good soundtrack, it's not going to go in my top 10 because that's what's important to me is stuff like that. When I hear a Japanese voice or I hear an American voice, even if I don't understand the language, I can 100% get behind that voice actor based off the emotion I can feel mm -hmm. and there's certain anime even today where it's like it could be done in a different language and I can really feel the agony or I can really feel the excitement that the character is trying to really portray to me and when I hear for instance the big O voice acting it hits this noir detective vibe that appeals to me the hardest thing because in my life like growing up personally as a kid I always wanted to be a detective 
It was always the most interesting. And it wasn't a detective. It was technically the private investigator aspect. I loved that bit. I always read stories on it, and it always hit me the hardest. So when I seen Big O, and it kind of came out hand in hand with what I always envisioned, what I wanted, I thought it was really interesting. And then they make cyborgs in there, or androids that have and can feel different emotions. And then they start mixing in, you know, again, a character that's really interesting because he asks, you know, to me, the important questions. Do they really mean that? Do they actually feel that? You know, what are our memories really? Are they, if we do remember something, say you had no idea about something and then you remembered it. Are you sure that was your memory? Like, was it somebody else's memory that you happen to remember? You happen to somehow absorb in a way. And so there's a lot of different questions that Big O really ask you in terms of the Megadeuce. Why does it say cast in the name of God? Does that he mean guilty, yeah. that, for instance, Roger would be a form the whoever happens to own the Megadeuce is a form of God? And so there's a lot of different things to me that I think is really interesting that they, they do. And I feel like, again, I'm passionate about the series. I feel like you should definitely give it a shot. But if you don't enjoy it by the three, first three episodes, you probably won't enjoy it for the rest of it because it's the same old, same old kind of going throughout it. Me, I knew episode one, I was going to love this anime. And when I watched the first episode again and it hit all the right notes, Steve Bloom's voice going over a beautiful soundtrack over a dark ass city, that's, it hit all the right vibes to me. <laughs> So kind of going through, um, you've heard pretty much our last little, uh, our last kind of closing statements. Is there anything you wanted to add on this? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Like, uh, if definitely check it out, give it three episodes. And if you want, uh, anime with this kind of this big overall story with case by case, you might fall, might hit this one pretty hard. Yeah. And, Usually when we finish off an episode, we always like to play kind of like a Japanese song of some port. So I don't even want to play a song. I actually just want to play one of the score from Big O. Because I feel like if you don't, like if this score doesn't appeal to you, you probably might not like the anime. But if you really like it, something about this score stands out. I think you should 100% check it out because this is just one piece of a beautiful soundtrack. And like next time we go to SoccerCon, I would... I will openly look for, for instance, the CD for that has the score for this. So this one is called uh, Brick Ballads, Houston Street. <laughs> 